The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, I lied to you fine people, and I expect you to hold me to it. No Neil Rochelani today. I screwed it up. I forgot that yesterday evening was still part of a holiday, and I had to be outside. I couldn't be at my computer. Normally, normally on Monday evenings, I record with Neil, and he was ready to go, and I wasn't. So, uh, Neil, later this week. Neil will be on later this week. You'll just have to contain your enthusiasm until I believe he'll be on our Thursday episode. Yeah, I can figure this out. Big, fat, juicy thank you, as always, to our buddies at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Hawaiian, I-S-L-E-S, HawaiianIsles.com is the website. Hawaiian Isles, you can search for them on Amazon as well, which is where I acquired my bag, which you say, hey, Dan, I thought you didn't drink coffee. I don't, but I know a lot of people that do, and I bet you do as well. Fantastic gifts now. We've got uh, reasons for gift giving coming up, Thanksgiving soon, and then you got specials and then holidays and all that good stuff. Birthdays, if you got those, those work as well. Uh, or maybe you just get it for yourself. Enjoy a nice gourmet roast, a Kona roast, a macadamia nut flavor, or classic. Go classic. Maybe you don't want to jazz it up with new flavors. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter, H-I-K-O-N-A C-O-F-F-E-E on Twitter. Hit them up. They're fantasy ads, man. Have some fun with them. Talk basketball. See where they're drafting. Hawaiian Isles. Tomorrow, Brandon Marcus. Neil on Thursday. Adrian and Coach. Separately, believe it or not, on Friday's show. I got things I want to talk to each of them about. No, I got that wrong. Coach is actually going to be on Thursday, too. See, I couldn't get this right. Is that is Dan going to go back and re-edit this part? Nope. <laughs> All right. So, Brandon, tomorrow... Neil and Coach on Thursday show, Adrian on Friday. That's the rest of the week here on Fantasy NBA Today. Hello to the Tuesday episode. I am Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Follow me on Twitter at that, what I just spelled. Type it into Twitter. That's where I'm at. Uh, love to have you following me. If for no other reason than to tell me you want to join a hoop ball league, let me know. Let me know. Opening up the podcast with the hoop ball leagues today. They are... Uh, significant every time i think that the interest is slowing down it picks back up again i have like 12 unread emails from people that want to get into hoop ball leagues right now which is not a crazy big number uh but when you consider the fact that i am habitually trying to clean out my inbox it just tells you that they've all happened basically since the last time i could stop for 10 minutes and uh, that would be today so don't worry i've got your emails folks that have already written in uh, to those of you that would like to join a hoop ball league, we've got free head-to-head, free roto, cash head-to-head, and cash roto leagues. They're all nine cat. They're over at Fantrax. Why? I know the first question you guys are like, why Fantrax? And I'll tell you immediately. It's quite simple. They let us host leagues without being in them. I'm not in all of our how many freaking leagues do we have going right now. We've got like nine or ten leagues already, and every time one fills up, I'm opening up a new one. So we start with four. We're up to nine. Am I right here? Yeah, and it'll be 10 in a second because uh, one of them just filled and I just haven't opened the next one yet. And then it'll be 11. We're one more person away from having two more open. 
Uh, and I'll just keep opening until people stop joining. So if you're in a league right now, don't worry. We're going to get it filled up. If you'd like to join one, at Dan Vespers on Twitter. D-A-N-B as in boy, E-S as in Sam, another B as in boy, R-I, another S as in Sam. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll get you in a league. Uh, if you don't have Twitter, you can post in the Hoopball forums. I'll find you there. Somebody named JJ posted in the forums two days ago. I found him. Uh... We got a lot of ways to get you in these things. The only thing that's going to end up happening is that we will email, and then I'll get you your join link. So uh, the cash leagues are 50 bucks. The roto leagues are daily moves because we have a games cap, so there's sort of no advantage to moving every single day. Uh, and the head-to-head leagues are weekly. Again, $50 is the buy-in. They're all 12-team, 9-cat. They're over at Fantrax. Hit me up at Dan Bespris. Okay, plan for the day. See, I kept that pretty brief on this one. That was like a two-and-a-half-minute opening. That's nothing for me. The plan for today's show, we will continue where we left off on yesterday's podcast. We did the first three rounds of our next breakdown. This is a nine-cat. By the way, the buy-in on this league is 200 bucks, so it's not a little baby league. This is a pretty good pot on the line. This is a nine-cat head-to-head league. We got the results, 12-teamer. We got through the first 36 picks yesterday. If you'd like to listen to those, you can go back, listen to yesterday's podcast. I'm not going to recap them today. So we're going to pick up at the first pick of round four on today's podcast. We'll do that right now. Because I got other things to tell you guys about, but I'll save those for the middle of the show. First pick of round four. I mentioned it at the tail end of yesterday's show, and that is Mike Conley. And I only brought it up because I thought the overarching theme on yesterday's breakdown was that a lot of times teams in the middle were reaching where they didn't need to. Guys that would come back. If you're in the middle of your round, which you you know I love to be in the middle, uh, don't misconstrue that, you perverts. Obviously, you want to be in the top five to get one of those most juicy first round picks. And maybe somebody else will leap into that crop but it doesn't look all that evident right now uh but if you if you're not going to be in the top couple you want to be in the middle you want to be in the middle sure at the corners you don't have to worry about who's going to come off the board in between you just sort of make your two picks and then you'd sit for a while unless you're exactly on the turn right like if you have the 12th slash 13th if you're on the turn physically that's an okay spot to be because no one can go off the board in between your two picks. But like 11, 10, 11, those are horrible spots. Because every pick you make, you're like, okay, I've got this other guy I want. Is he going to last the four people in between me and my next pick? That's a brutal spot to be. I've had that spot a lot. (laughs) I think we all have. Uh, But the point of all of that was, if you're in the middle, let people fall to you. It'll happen in every single round. Anyway, we pick up this one with uh, the team that took Tobias Harris finishing off the third, taking Mike Conley to start the fourth. This is one of those spots where if this was done the middle of the round, I would be thrilled with both of these picks. As it stands on the turn, unless you really wanted those two guys, they're not super exciting. Like, these are guys that are falling. Tobias Harris has an ADP of 54. You didn't have to take him at 36. I love Tobias Harris. I think he's going to be around 36, but you didn't have to take him there. You only had to because he was on the turn, and there are other guys that are a little bit more exciting. Mike Conley, ADP of 42. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to get back to you. So from a reality drafting standpoint, these are the guys. If you wanted them, you had to do it here. But from a pure value, this is in a vacuum, not worrying about where your next pick is, which obviously, you know, hyperbaric chamber or whatever it is, we're... uh, I guess it wouldn't be hyperbaric. That'd be high pressure. 
this is in a in a zero pressure hypobaric chamber uh which doesn't exist yeah obviously you take these guys where their adp is or later because then you maximize their value but if these are the guys you want and you've got two picks on the turn and you don't get to pick again for 20 spots you sort of have to do it now i'll as we go through the rest of this round in the next one i'll explain why i i had that lecture chris middleton at 38 that's too early there's and again this is another spot where you gotta let guys fall to you a little bit this is not a guy worth reaching for. His ADP is 52. Just in front of Tobias Harris in most leagues. You just didn't have to get him this soon. And there are other guys on the board that you could take in those late 30s that have higher upside. Maybe a little bit risky, I guess. I mean, I know he's a safe guy. He's a very high floor, but man. Rob Covington at 39, which you guys know how much I love Rob Covington. Um, this is generally earlier than he's going to. Not by much, though. He's a low 40s ADP. I'm actually a little bit surprised that his ADP isn't a higher number, but it isn't. And so I'm not, you know, I love Rob Covington, so I'm not going to pick this one apart. D'Angelo Russell at number 40. That's probably a fair spot for him. Uh, you know, in, this is a nine-cat draft, so he's going to take a little bit of a hit there. Uh, he had this massive, massive season with Brooklyn, and he was number 57 in nine-cat. And most people think his percentages might improve. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that his free throw percent is just going to get better from moving to the Warriors. I don't know that his field goal percent is going to get better. He should get better looks, so maybe. But I don't know that his assists could go up from seven. Probably take about the same number of shots until Clay Thompson comes back. So I think you're looking at a relatively similar valuation with the hope being that his field goal percent goes from 43 and change to like maybe 44 and change or 45. And that would push him from 57 probably into the 40s. I don't know that he can go any higher than that without fixing, like fully fixing, one of his two percentages. Fixing, not just making a little bit better. So I'm not, I'm not as high on Russell, at least in 9-cat, as, as most other folks. Mitchell Robinson at 41. This is later than he's usually going. His ADP is 29. So this is a league that was afraid of what the Knicks might do. If Mitchell Robinson falls to 41, you have to take him. Absolutely have to. How many times in your fantasy career are you going to see a guy in the fourth round that could, and this is a head-to-head league, that could literally win you a category by himself every week? Every week. That's a, that's a fantastic thing to get at 41. I've talked about how I'm afraid to take him where his ADP is, which is 28 and a half right now. You know, that's the beginning of the third round. That's a dicey play. This is the middle of the fourth. That's a big difference. I don't trust the Knicks either, but, I mean, we saw in whatever it was, 20-some, he averaged 20 and a half minutes a game last year, and he was number 47. Even if his minutes only go up from 20 and a half to 24, he's already beating this ADP. That might be all his minutes do. He might not see more than 24 minutes a game. But that's a top 40 guy. Kristaps Porzingis at 42. This is He's going to be all over the map. His ADP is 32. I mean, if, you just, if you're trying to go about this one logically, you look at Porzingis and you say, okay, two seasons back, when he played for whatever it was, a couple of months before blowing out his leg, he was a second-round guy. 
on a per-game basis. I think it's relatively safe to assume he can get back somewhere near that mark with there's going to be some time, there's going to be some lead-in time here where he's getting his legs back under him. So let's conservatively say third-rounder on a per-game basis with second-round upside. That's where he's going. That's where his ADP is. So we've wiped out most of what he could be worth. And in a head-to-head league, do we think Dallas is going to be hyper-competitive down the stretch? I don't. I mean, do we think he's going to be playing in back-to-backs? I don't. I think you're taking a guy who's going to play 65 games this year, and we don't know exactly when all of them are going to be missed. The risk is just too big for me in most scenarios. Now, that being said, he fell to 42. We're in the middle of the fourth round now. That's a big difference from his ADP, which is 10 slots earlier, a full round mid-late third. You're giving up a third-round pick in that scenario where you could have had someone you can build your team around. I mean, look at the guys that were going mid-to-late third. Pascal Siakam, Clint Capella, John Collins, Tobias Harris, late third. If you go a little earlier, and if you look at ADPs of other guys around Porzingis, Draymond, Otto Porter, LaMarcus Aldridge, Mike Conley, Aiton, if you go a little earlier, Mitchell Robinson. But if you look at the other guys going in the 40s, where KP went in this draft, DeMar DeRozan, Derek Favors, Kevin Love, Zach Levine. Now you've got, these are guys, the names I just listed off. I don't think any of those guys has even remotely close to the upside that Kristaps Porzingis has. So that's why, by the way, Clint Capella also has an ADP in the 40s. He went earlier in this draft. He's got good upside as well. But the other guys generally in the mid-40s, you're looking at dudes where if things break their way, for the most part, best case scenario is finishing the year, late 20s, 30s, something like that. If things break well for Porzingis, what if he plays 67, 68 games and he's the number 18 guy on a per-game basis and you got a low 20s guy, low to mid-20s? Which, again, drafting him in the 30s, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for moving up. In the 40s, it does. By the way, this is, what I'm, this is another example, two of them in a row, of examples of when you're in the middle of a round, just let interesting guys fall to you. There's like five of these in a row, by the way, in this round, of teams that are just like, I'm going to let guys fall to me. Eric Bledsoe, number 43. His per-game ranking last year? 43. This is a very safe play in the middle of the fourth round with the only knock being that his ADP is 58. He might have actually gotten back to you. So what do you do? Okay, I know a lot of people are like, Dan, you're hammering on these guys in the middle round, in the middle of each round, but you're not providing an alternative. The alternative is at this point, you look to see who else is on the board that should have gone off in the third round. If you're in the middle of a round, that's how you should start your hunt. So Mitchell Robinson, who went at 41, should have probably gone off late in the third round. He didn't. You scoop him up. Porzingis probably should have gone off late in the third round. You scoop him up. I think those are two really good examples of guys that probably should have gone earlier that fell a little bit. Eric Bledsoe, probably a guy that would fall farther, and maybe you could scoop him in number five. Jonas Valanciunas uh, went at 44 in this draft, which, again, 
Let guys fall to you. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Let guys fall to you. I get it. We all want to build these guys. I love JV. You've heard me lecture repeatedly on this podcast about how much I love Jonas Valanciunas. Absolutely adore him. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. I think he's going to sit around number 40, 40 to 45 range, because I do think his blocks come down from that big surge at the end of the year. I also think his turnovers come down. That probably evens out. And, you know, he was around 40 during his time in Memphis anyway. So it evens out. Perfectly fine. But let him fall. If he's going in the 60s, you don't have to get him yet. You don't have to. There's plenty of guys on the board here. And what if you don't get him coming back? This next pick for this team is 53. This is pick 44. What if he doesn't make it all the way to you at 53? Well, then you let the guys that should have gone off in the fourth round fall into your lap. And as we get to these names, I'll explain who they are. Uh, Buddy Heald going at 45 is the next one off the board. That's about, that's really close to his ADP. I don't have, I don't have significant beef with this one. His ADP is 44. He went at 45. I think this is a solid pick. Uh, no, no issues with this one. Team that, by the way, took DeAndre Ayton. Middle of the third round. Guys, he's just letting guys fall to him. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. at 46. I'm on the other side of the fence, and I know that I'm alone in this one. I actually don't have any problem with JJJ going off at 46. Uh, but I do want to take one moment, this every week we do this one time, and remind everybody that Jaron Jackson Jr. was a top 90 guy last year in 26 minutes a game because he doesn't rebound, and he stopped blocking shots when he was trying to figure out how to stay on the floor. What we're hoping now is that he sees sort of a Miles Turner-like turnaround, but in his second year, where he figures out how to play without fouling, and the blocks come back. So maybe that was an adjustment. Maybe that was a situation where JJJ was trying to sort of find himself, and he had to dial it back a little bit. His ADP is around 50. I think he's a guy that's going to be going earlier as the summer moves into fall over the next couple of weeks. So to get him at 46, this is basically where you're going to have to take him. Um... And I'm okay with it. I think I'd rather, I mean, for me, I'd rather go fifth round or later, but this is towards the end of the fourth, and so, you know, we'll, I'll mostly leave us alone. Number 47, Draymond Green. I like this pick. I think he's a guy that you could argue may have gone off earlier and sort of falling to you a little bit. His ADP is right around this. Might be a little earlier even. Yeah, ADP is in the 30s. So this is, I think, another example of somebody that was just like, all right, if you're going to let me get him. Actually, I don't know who's running this team, but they're outside of their second round pick of Luka Doncic. They've basically done all the stuff that I do, which is just take the guys that are falling to you. Uh, Draymond Green at 47. Uh, there's almost no way he's worse than that this year. And he was last season. He had a weird year. He was number 58. And that's sort of a bottoming out spot. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Chris Paul at 48, you got to take this chance at 48, don't you? Obviously, it's a head-to-head league, so there's a lot of fear that if he's stuck in OKC all season, he won't play down the stretch, and he very well might not. But his ADP is 30. He fell to almost 50 in this league. 48 was where he went off the board. And he could very easily, and I, I say this knowing full that will well well that what I'm saying is a little bit hyperbolic, but I think easily... He could be a top 15 guy on a per-game basis. That was the Chris Paul we knew until he sat alongside James Harden. Now he goes back to running an offense. And don't tell me about, you know, Dennis Schroeder or Shea Gilgis-Alexander running the team away from Chris Paul. There's no way anyone can wrestle 
a team away from Chris Paul. Unless you're James Harden. You know, none of those guys have proven themselves the way CP3 has. He's old, he's abrasive, all that stuff. They're going to learn from him. He's going to pile up assists and steals like it's going out of style. And I also think you'll probably see his field goal percent come back a little bit because now he's not on a team that's going to force him to chuck from three. He can go back to taking his elbow jumpers, you know, where he's closer to a 50% guy than three-point land where he's closer to high 30s. Fine, his 2.23s per game, those come down. I have no problem with his threes coming down. If his assists go back up, his steals say high, and his field goal percent comes roaring back, he probably scores more than 15 points a game too. And even if he doesn't, I don't care. You know, 10 assists, 2.5 turnovers a game, I'll take a 4 to 1 ratio every day of the week. So I think you're looking at a guy in Chris Paul that could be number 18, 15 to 18 on a per game, and then you just hope you can squeeze 65 to 70 games out of him. Yes, in a head-to-head league, if he sits during your playoffs, that hurts, but he could carry you there. He'll carry you there, and then just have some sort of contingency plans. Maybe, you know, don't build a punt team where you need to win assists every week if your assists guy goes down come playoff time. You have to do it at this point. At fi- I mean, you're at 50 for a guy that could be a, a second, an early second-round guy on a per-game basis and could be on a totals number. And, I mean, obviously in Roto, it's, he's not going to fall this far. But on totals, he could be in the 20s. In 65 to 70 games, he could be in the 20s. Kawhi Leonard-esque, but one click down. That's the fourth round in the books. That's the fourth round. And as soon as we get to the fifth here, I'll start pointing out some of the guys that I think folks could have, in the fourth, let fall to them in the fifth, as opposed to, you know, doing the, the scraping and clawing thing. But before we do, you guys know what time it is. It's time to talk about my buddies at mybookie.com. That's where I'm putting my money. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Every single day on this show, I'm just like, how many freaking days until I can start placing my NBA wagers? I'm the wrong guy to tell you to go bet on football because I have always lost at football. But there are people out there that know what they're doing. And my bookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. So if you're one of those people that knows how to bet NFL, first place in their super contest is guaranteed at least $100,000. You heard that right. One hundred then a comma, and then three more zeros. And it only costs 100 without a comma to enter. For that contest, you pick five NFL games every week against the spread, climb the leaderboard, and if you're really good, you can win your share of that massive cash pool. It's crazy. Anyway, bigger picture with my bookie. First of all, still unbelievably thrilled to have them on board with us here at Fantasy NBA Today and Hoop Ball. Uh, And I'd only recommend them if they're proven, which they are. They consistently get among the highest ranks on various rating sites for online books. They are more responsive than their competitors, which I know is a thing people are always worried about. They, I mean, they're just, they're proven now. They've taken that step forward. They've said, we know, we understand what the build is for this type of service, and we're going to improve upon it. Because everybody else has taken it for granted, and we're not going to. You bet, you win, they pay. Simple. Bet, win, get paid. And the best part of all, best part of all, a deposit match bonus. That's why we're talking about him. That's why we're talking about him. A deposit match bonus. Promo code is TODAY. The word TODAY. T-O-D-A-Y. You can do it today chronologically. Use the word TODAY. T-O-D-A-Y. 
at mybookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code when you're setting up your account. They'll match you up to $1,000 on your first deposit. You got 250 bucks? Put it in. They'll put in 250 bucks. You got 400? Put it in. They'll match it. By the way, for you NFL fantasy guys, they've got player perks and you can bet fantasy results on NFL players in each game. Pretty cool little thing they've got as well. That's mybookie.com. Big big thanks once again to our newest partner here at Hootball. Round 5. Round 5, we chug along. I think I'm probably just going to do one more round on this one. We'll keep today's pod a little bit shorter because the next few are going to be a little longer. Again, Brandon tomorrow, Coach and Neil on Thursday, Adrian on Friday. We got a lot to talk about. And I'd love for those guys to be able to weigh in a, a bit more heavily uh, since I'm going to knock out the first 60 on today's show. Round five, DeMarcus Cousins at 49. Yeah, obviously, you know, that happened before his injury. So we'll just put a Sharpie through that one. Would have been a great pick at 50, but yeah, he's out and he's in legal trouble. So double whammy Kyle Lowry at number 50 this is a really interesting one this is your classic tumbling 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 player and no one's talking about him uh, except a select few Raptors fans who love him and they should I don't I completely don't understand this one I do not understand this one at all in a brutal scenario last year for Kyle Lowry He sat and he sat and he sat and they rested and he had injuries and he rested and he had injuries. He still got to 65 games. And yes, he does have a history of missing some ball games, but it's been sort of inconsistent injuries with him. I think the reason, and I feel pretty confident that the reason he has garnered the injury tag is because his games missed were almost always at the very end of the season. But it wasn't rest games. That's the weird part. I've said a million times, like, I'm never going to let this guy burn me again, but he also didn't cost me this little when I was saying that. I mean, Kyle Lowry was a guy that was going in in the teens, the 20s, the last couple of seasons in a row. So fine. If you're worried about him killing you, yeah, okay, don't spend a second or early third round pick on him. But a fifth-round pick for Kyle freaking Lowry, guys? Okay, break him down a little bit tighter. Three seasons back, 16-17 campaign, he shot 46.5% from the field. That's not happening again. That was the anomaly. Look at every other season of his career who's around 40 to 43 in that window. Pretty narrow band. We know what to expect. What we haven't seen from Kyle Lowry is a situation where he's the lead pony on this team. We've never really seen that. All of his seasons have been with a sidekick, either a DeMar DeRozan, who's sort of an equal partner, or a Kawhi Leonard, who was clearly way out in front in the pecking order, at least from the shooting side of things. So sure, his 8.7 assists from this most recent year probably going to come down a little bit because he's not just going to be feeding Pascal and Kawhi. It'll just be Pascal. And fine, Maybe his turnovers come up. I mean, his turnovers weren't good last year. It was at 2.8, which is you know, among his higher totals in his career. When you break down his number, when you handicap Kyle Lowry, there's a lot of arrows pointing up. The only arrow pointing down is what happens at the end of the season. But this is still a playoff team, provided they don't sell off all their parts. The East sucks. 
There's a few teams at the top that should be able to clobber Toronto in the playoffs, but you wipe those teams out. Let's knock out Philly. Let's knock out Milwaukee. Toronto can compete with every other team in the East. Indiana, Boston, I don't care. Even without Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard, they're still going to be good. I mean, this is probably an upper half team. Or maybe a fifth seed at the worst. So this is a playoff team. They're going to be playing Kyle Lowry. He'll, he'll get his intermittent rest days. But I think you're looking at a guy that's going to be gunning for between 70 and 75 games. That'll be his target for this year. So on top of that, we take a guy who, you know, let's say his shooting numbers stay about the same. Let's just say none of that changes. 41%. That hurts you. Yeah, fine. But 14 points is going up. 4.8 rebounds, probably going up. 8.7 assists, eh, coming down a little bit. Steals blocks, they would stay about the same. So you're just talking about a guy who's going to increase his volume. 83% foul shooter on more attempts per game, closer to 4 or 5 maybe instead of 3. 15 shots instead of 11. All of this is well within reach. You're talking about a guy that could legitimately add 5 to 6 points per game. And you know I don't care about points. But that's a huge leap for a guy who was already, and this is the closing argument, number 36 on a per-game basis last year. Easy climb from 36 into the high 20s for Kyle Lowry. High 20s on a per-game basis. You get 70 games out of him. You get more than your money's worth, especially at this point in the draft. I love this pick. I like this dude's team, by the way. Fantastic. I think he's the commissioner. Uh, Bam Adebayo at 51. That's basically what you're going to have to pay for him at this point, which is a real pisser. And we said it early in the offseason that as soon as Hassan Whiteside got traded, I said, look out for the hype train. He's going at 47, his ADP. I'm happy he fell a couple picks beyond that. Uh, and it's weird to say this, but I feel way more comfortable taking Bam in the fifth round than the fourth. And I know that's not a massive discrepancy, uh, but he's he's going to cruise into top 70 value without having to do anything at all. So if you're getting him in the 50s, yeah, you wipe out some of the upside because probably a, a, a strong year for him on a per-game basis is probably something in the 40s. And then he's durable, so he could push him higher by totals. Uh, but this is where you're going to have to get him. You're going to have to spend, and you know you know my take. I'd rather, I'd rather Jonas Valanciunas fall to me at this point or farther. And a couple of names that go after him in this round. Brooke Lopez going at 52, by the way, in this draft, which is another guy that probably would fall a little bit farther if you let him. His ADP is 64. I love him at 52 also, but, you know, 64 is where he's going. Zach Levine at 53. I'm not a big Zach Levine guy outside of points league. CJ McCollum at 54. I mean, these guys are perfectly safe plays. Here's the argument for the guys that are coming off the board right now. And, and we can't pick them apart quite like you could earlier in a draft because, you know, Levine's ADP is 49. Uh, he's probably going to be somewhere near this point. I think a little bit back from there because uh, we saw his stat set last year and he's just kind of that top 60-ish sort of guy. Uh, but like CJ McCollum, he's probably a relatively safe shooting guard at this point. Blake Griffin at 55... Sure, fine. I, I think this is higher than he needs to go. He's number 62 on a per game in 9-cat last year, and I thought last year was about as good as it's going to get for him. I don't think he's going any higher than that, so I, I'm not scooping up many Blakes. Here's a guy that I, I thought it was interesting that he fell, is Otto Porter. 
His ADP is 36. He was drafted at 56. I think he's set up to have a whopper of a year. Call me crazy. He was number 39 on the season last year. For the full season, he was number 39. And if you go back to his last couple of months in Chicago, he was 27. That, to me, is... You can duplicate that. This is a spot where he's just falling like a boulder. Great pick. This guy got Mitchell Robinson in the previous round. Stealing guys as they're falling. Clint Capella in the third round. Team Stifle Tower, I love what you've done here. You're just letting guys tumble to you that are values one to two rounds better than where they're falling. Uh, Julius Randle, 57. That's fine. Al Horford at 58. I really like this pick. He doesn't need the basketball to do good things. You get yourself a really solid second center in Al Horford who can just coast along at a top 50 clip and you never have to think about it. He was number 29, by the way, in Boston last year, and his usage was like nothing. He doesn't need the ball. He'll do plenty in Philadelphia. He didn't need to rebound. That wasn't his thing anyway. Love it. And he might even fall farther than that, which is the truly remarkable thing that, I mean, his ADP is 64, so you're getting close to it, I guess, at this point. Thomas Bryant at 59? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to have to pay for him. His ADP is 58. He was one of our guys last year, too. Thomas Bryant, that's one of the ones that I'm a little bit upset about. I was hoping that he'd stay quiet. He was number 99 in just 20 minutes a game last year, and he'll play probably 26 to 28 this season. So, you know, this is where he should end up. Good percentages from a big man. Um, I think he's a relatively safe pick at 59. I'm just upset. I'm pissed at not this draft. I'm just pissed at all drafts that he's not falling to, like, 70. And then Malcolm Brogdon was pick number 60 in this draft. And uh, I got no problem with that one either. I feel like these, again, we're looking at guys that are very safe and attainable. He was number 67 last year on a per-game basis because he didn't do much on the defensive side. I don't know that that's changing, uh, but I do expect his opportunity to be a little bit bigger in Indiana this season. So hopefully the assists and the points come up. Um, you know, this is fine. He's going at 68, so he wasn't coming back. I feel more comfortable about him as a mid-sixth rounder than an end of the fifth. But again, at this point, now you're starting to split hairs a little bit. So looking at the two rounds we talked about today and then the previous one, let me just rattle off the third round for those that listened to or, or didn't listen to yesterday's podcast. Third one, uh, round Picks 25 through 36, in order, quickly. Uh, ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, De'Aaron Fox, DeMar DeRozan. A lot of Ds in a row there. Pascal Siakam, Clint Capella, Zion, Jason Tatum, John Collins, and Tobias Harris. Those are the 12 guys that went off the board in round three. And then you heard the next 24 picks. So when I talk about almost where, and more so when you're in the middle of the round than when you're at one of the edges, when you're at one of the bookends, but anywhere you are, guys are falling. Let's look at the third round very quickly. We're going to do all three of these now. Now that we've broken down each pick individually, we're going to go look at chunks. And by chunks here, I'm looking at the chunk of guys that probably should have gone earlier that fell. Starting in round three, the guys that fell that could have easily gone earlier really was basically Clint Capella, but not many. 
I think what you saw in the third round was a lot of guys scooping up players that they thought were going to get taken before them in the fourth round. And so in this particular draft, the fourth and fifth round is where you saw a lot of guys falling way too far. And we talked about them today. In that third round, LaMarcus Aldridge went earlier than he has in most of the drafts. That's a guy that'll usually fall to you in the fourth. Pascal, uh, no, excuse me, Clint Capella is a guy that's been falling into the fourth in a lot of drafts. Jason Tatum, Tobias Harris, these are all guys that usually have been falling. They didn't. So it just changes which guys fell. In most drafts, and let's look over at round four now, in most drafts, Mitchell Robinson, Kristaps Porzingis, Jaron Jackson Jr., those guys had been going in the third. So they just flipped. And so when people ask me, Dan, who should I be targeting? My answer is always, nobody. And the other half of that answer is, first half is nobody, and the second half is, whoever falls past their value point. So in this particular draft, it flipped. The buzz guys that had been consistently going off in the third... Mitchell Robinson, Kristaps Porzingis, Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't. They didn't. This was a safer draft than most you'd get into. So a lot of the Dan Bespris guys came off the board in the third round. LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I'm going to put DeRozan in there, but only because he'd been falling around and a half past this. Clint Capella, Tatum, Harris. I mean, five names? Did I say five things? Those guys are all generally gone after the third round. Maybe not Aiton. We can leave him in there. But the other four names, those are guys that have generally gone later than the third round. And so that's why in a lot of the discussions we've had on this podcast, I've said, these are guys I'm ending up with a lot. Not because I'm targeting them, but because I'm not targeting anyone else. Or anyone at all. And so generally, at the beginning of round three, you've seen Mitchell Robinson... Jaron Jackson, Chris Stops, those guys come off the board, and that just pushes everyone else down three slots. So if you pushed everybody else down three spots, well, then you'd have Tatum, Collins, and Harris going in the fourth round. There you go. Two of the, guy, two of the four guys we were talking about. And then John Collins, by the way, who is almost always going in the third round, he would have gone in the fourth as well. So it's not always going to be the same three or four guys. It's often the same three or four guys, but not always. So the point of this long-winded fluff fest through how numbers work is don't, don't set your sights on any one, two, or even three guys. Just keep an eye who's coming off the board. And when the guys that are normally off the board aren't, well, then you can be like, all right, well, I'll take them if they're still there. And they were. Remarkable. Even at the beginning of round four, Mike Conley, I think he's usually gone off later than that. Rob Covington, a little bit later than that. That just pushes everybody else farther down the board. So Mitch Rob, 41. Porzingis, 42. Jackson, Jaron Jackson, 46. Chris Paul, 48. Draymond Green, 47. These are all guys that could have easily gone earlier. And it creates a little bit of a domino effect because then all these safe guys coming off the board earlier than expected, 
in the fourth round, you know, the names we could list, Jonas Valanciunas coming off the board earlier than expected, Middleton, Conley, Covington, these guys coming, Eric Bledsoe, those guys coming off the board in round four pushes other guys to the end of that round or the beginning of the next one. They might be safe guys or they might be buzz guys. Kyle Lowry going at 50. Adebayo at 51. He's been going earlier than that. Otto Porter's been going earlier than that. Thomas Bryant we've seen go earlier than that. Once you get to the fifth round, it's a little bit less of a one-to-one correlation because guys start bouncing around and reaching, and so then random dudes fall into the sixth and seventh round that are sometimes going earlier. And, you know, Derek Favors went at 78 in this draft and his ADP's in the 30s. So things get a little bit goofy in terms of, you know, just a straight one-to-one domino. But I hope the point that I'm trying to make is coming across a little bit, which is if you're in the third round, I would say you should expect to some degree some of those buzzy names to come off the board. Which ones? Again, Mitchell Robinson, Chris Dops, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, and then some of the guys that did. Zion Williamson should come off the board in that round. Siakam's been coming off in that round. John Collins, who's less buzzy than he is. He could actually, I mean, there's a lot of these guys that could actually hit their mark. Point is, those are the guys that are often going off in the third. That's what the ADP is for. When they don't, count it as a win. Don't say, aw, nuts, Tobias Harris didn't fall to me at 50. Celebrate the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr. did. There's always a positive unless you get snaked, <laughs> unless you, someone nails your guy right in front of you. Then, yeah, that's a little bit of a pisser. But you have other, there's another discussion to be ready for that. The, this discussion is don't target a guy, target a value. Who fell in this draft? Yeah, it's harder when you're going 90 seconds a pick. The pressure's on, man. If you're sitting there at, if you got the, if you got pick 35 and you are absolutely positively expecting Jason Tatum to fall to you or LaMarcus Aldridge or any of these, or Clint Capella and none of them do, and you're looking at it, you're like, oh, who's left? Well, in this particular case, you could have had your pick of John Collins, Mitchell Robinson, Chris Stops, Jaron Jackson. That's too early for Jaron Jackson. Probably too early for Chris Stops, too. Uh, and then all the safe guys, too. John Collins got to him. Tobias Harris is a safe pick. Conley, Middleton, Covington. There's always someone there. There's always someone there. You can't be like, oh, my guy. My guy is off the board. That's the wrong way to draft. You got to have a whole bunch of guys and line them up. And when a couple of the values come off the board, that just means that guys you didn't expect to be valuable become valuable. Reminder, the draft guide, new features. Ooh, I love it. I love it when we get into new features part of the season. New features in the draft guide this week. Dynasty strategy, schedule analysis, second half surge, guys. And the pace report, which teams are going to play at the best pace and how is that going to impact your fantasy players and drafts? I love the second half surges. They're already predicting which guys are going to go off in the second half of the season. Next week, we already know what's getting added to the draft guide. Punt strategies, deep league cash specialists, values on Yahoo, DFS articles, and out of position stats. All of this stuff is coming to the draft guide. There will be a mock draft. 
in the draft guide. Ooh, I should have talked about this earlier in the show. I hope you guys didn't tune me out now because we're going into the sort of closing remarks. The great Eric Ong will be hosting a forum mock draft. That forum thread should be opened up here shortly. All you got to do is go to it, sign up. It's an in-the-forum mock, and then Eric's going to be breaking it all down for the draft guide crowd. So join us at the HoopBall forums, hoopdashball.com. Click on the forums tab and you can get in the mix on that. Also, big thank you to Fantasy Draft. I want you guys to check out our new DFS show. First episode aired last week on Thursday. Episode 2 will be coming this week on Thursday. The great coach and Mike Apatria hosting that bad boy. The show is called DFS Today. They're just talking strategy right now. I'm going to be listening to every single episode of that show because I want to get more into DFS, and I want to be good at it, and I want to learn from guys that I know are going to be able to teach me and have fun doing it. DFS Today, the links are available everywhere uh check that out and i think that's all the stuff again you can join the hoop ball leagues i mentioned that at the at the beginning of the show please rate and review the podcast if you haven't done so already it's very easy to do it if you're on your computer i've been tweeting out the itunes link just click on that thing if you're on your phone it'll take you to the podcast app and if you're on your computer it'll ask you to open up itunes and then you can just navigate to the rate and review button uh on your phone we'll just do it together here at the end of the podcast once you're in the podcast app if you're into the show that you're looking for, and this is an important feature, if you're into the show that you're looking for, you have to scroll down. That's the key. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Just make sure you're not on the page that shows you all the episodes. It's really, it's needlessly convoluted. I don't know why they do this. To me, the easiest way to do it is to search on your phone. Search for Fantasy NBA, and then Fantasy NBA Today should actually be the first result. Once that pops up, you click on the show picture. It should be the first thing you see. And there, right in front of your eyes, is the rating and review. You can scroll down. You can rate and review at the bottom of that page. I know. I don't know why they made it so hard, but they did, and will love you forever if you do it. I am Dan Vaspers again later up this week. Tomorrow, we'll be talking to Brandon Marcus. We'll break down the next couple rounds of this fantasy draft, 9-cat head-to-head Ooh, medium money. Medium to large for a lot of folks. Uh, Thursday, again, we'll talk to Coach about Team USA, who escaped by the skin of their teeth. An overtime win over Turkey. A lucky overtime win over Turkey. We'll talk Team USA with Coach, also his DFS Today show. We'll get an update on uh, what to expect from that episode this week. And then Friday, Adrian Benjamins, my man with an eye on the youth in the NBA. We'll finish up this draft. We'll also look at Adrian's faves from this one, and that'll take us through to the end of the week. At Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hit me up on Twitter or the Hoopball forums if you want to get into those leagues. If not, that's fine too. I'll talk to you tomorrow either way. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.